be together. You know, it's Easter Sunday, and we've said it, but what we're celebrating is our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. We get to do that. And we get to celebrate the fact that we're not just looking back at some event, some holiday, you know, that, that took place. We're, we're talking about something that happened that the impact of Jesus' life didn't end, didn't end then. It didn't end at the cross. It, you know, if it had, if, if, the, if the cross had been the end of it, then, I mean, historically, Jesus would have been a really great man, and he would have been a super teacher, right? Because he said a lot of good things. But because of God's plan to redeem mankind and God's resurrection power, and that's really the thing we're going to look at today is God's resurrection power. Jesus' story didn't end at the cross or even at the tomb. Praise God for that, right? Easter is all about celebrating God's power that raised Jesus from the dead because the tomb is empty and that Jesus is alive. And so let's take just a minute and let's read about it, okay? So if you've got your Bible, let's turn. We're going to read the account in Matthew 27, uh, starting in verse uh, 62. And I'm going to read several verses, and so you're welcome to follow along with me. It'll be up on uh, the screen as well. So uh, we'll go through it, okay? But uh, so, so this is, so Jesus has been crucified, and he's been placed in the tomb. And so that's where we pick this up now in uh, 27, verse 62 of Matthew. It says that the next day, um, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate, and they said, sir... Uh, we remember that while Jesus was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days, I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell people that he's been raised from the dead. And this last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go make the tomb as secure as you know. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting a guard. After the Sabbath at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him, they shook and they became like dead men. The angel said to the women, don't be afraid. For I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He's risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay, and then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, I'll bet, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Now while the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. And when the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, You are to say, His disciples came during the night and stole him while they were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, 
All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Today, we want to understand that that resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead is still around. It's still around. And it's still available. The good news for you and me is this, is that God is in the life-changing business. He's in the life-changing business. You know, God repairs the stuff that's broken in our lives. He can straighten out the crooked. He can mend the shattered. He gives help to the helpless and hope to the hopeless. Isn't that good? Because all of us have been in that place at some point in time. We've been one of those, okay? And we've read in God's word that his resurrection power, he caused the blind to see, caused the lame to walk, and he made lepers whole. God's power, man, it can do what those self-help books and motivational seminars just can't do, okay? And you know, some people try doing stuff like they're going to change their life by joining the health club. Right? They're gonna, they're, that's going to change their life. You know, or I've, I've known some people says, I'm going to get myself a whole bunch of new friends. Well, you know what? Those are all really good things to do sometimes, but there's things that that just won't do. Right? Because the problems you got, if just because you change locations or change the people you're with, your problems just drag right along with you. Yeah. Unless something else really changes. And so nothing, nothing changes. So, look. We, what we need to understand is that those books and seminars and health clubs and friends, there's just stuff they won't do, but that God's power can. God's power actually can. And what God's power can actually do, as remarkable as this sounds, is it can actually change your life. It can actually change your life. But how does that work? Look, I mean, you know, I always kind of thought it's funny. I mean, there are a lot of people, right, who spend big money, right, on tickets to seminars and on all these books and stuff. And, you know, they think it's going to change their life. And the only guy that's life gets better is the author of the book who sold a lot of books, you know, or the guy that sold a lot of seminar tickets. And most of those books end up in recycling, you know, okay, because what people found out is that they didn't do anything. Feels good for a minute, but nothing changes permanently. Nothing's real. So the good news for us today on this Easter Sunday is that the power that you need to actually change your life is not only available, but it's here right now today and you can experience it let's uh let's look at what god's word says about how we can live that changed life that that really deep in our hearts we want first thing we need to do to experience a changed life is we need to ask jesus to forgive and heal our past that's the first step is we need to ask jesus to forgive and heal our past look i think it's safe to say if we're honest, and why not be honest here at church, right? right? If we can't be honest here, where are we going to be honest, okay? Okay, most of us, if we're honest, have got some stuff in our past we're not so proud of. We've, we've, we've got a few things we might wish we hadn't said or some bad choices we've made or some wrongful actions, some hurtful, failed relationships, and, you know, whatever it is, okay? Here's one thing we all know for sure. If you leave those things unattended, they do not get better. Whoever said time heals all wounds is a liar. It doesn't heal all wounds. It just gives it more time to fester and to let you walk around dragging a whole lot of pain and regret. 
And it leaves us thinking things like, man, if I could just have a do-over, I wouldn't have said that that way. I wouldn't have done that that way. I would have, I would have done something different. There are other people, alternatively, who maybe they haven't, you know, done so many things like this, but they've had things done to them. There are people who've been hurt, okay, abused at the hands of others. It's not things that they did. It's things that were done against them. Look, either way, this, here's the good news, okay? God doesn't want to have us live our lives chained to the past. He doesn't, want, he, 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 doesn't, he, he doesn't want us to live dragging that stuff around, trudging along with it, coming behind us, because all that does is it weighs us down and fills us with this heavy load of guilt and pain. You know, Jesus actually knows it's heavy. He actually knows that's heavy, and he knows it will wear you down and hold you back. And that's why in Matthew verse 11, uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, that's why Jesus said, he said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. So wherever you are, whatever your load is, whatever it is you're dragging along with you, whether it's memories and regrets from the past, maybe it's problems you got right now. Maybe it's things in the present. And there's some folks I know that spend an awful lot of time even being fearful of the future. All those, well, I mean, think about it. I mean, man, that kind of covers everything, doesn't it? I mean, look, you know, the enemy wants to beat us up. And if he can't beat you up holding you down with the past, he'll load you up with things you're worried about right now. And if none of that's working, he'll make you fearful of the future. Because what he can't stand is for you to actually have a happy, joy-filled life that's, work, that's working, right? That actually works, that actually can make some progress. But no matter what your heavy load is, Jesus says, give it to me. Give it to me. You know, there aren't a lot of folks. I know a lot of people who will say, oh, let's have a cup of coffee and, and you tell me what all's going on. They want to hear your problems. But once you share them, they go, well, have a good day. I haven't had too many people I've ever sat with in my life that said, after that cup of coffee, they said, give them to me. I'll carry that load. Think about it. That's what Jesus actually says. Give it to me. Give it to me. You know, I don't know. You know, we all can have our different, what we've been taught in the past and what we've experienced in the past and what we've thought about things in the past. But, you know, let me just tell you, Jesus did not leave the glory of heaven he had a pretty good thing going on there. He did not leave the glory of heaven to come to earth to condemn us. Now, that's what, that's what sometimes we can start, right, that he came to, you know, he didn't come to condemn us, thank the Lord, right? He came to earth in order to rescue us and to change us. And man, I know this can be hard to believe, but as hard as change really is with Jesus, it can really happen. 1 John 1, 9 promises us that if we'll confess our sins, he's faithful and just. He'll forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's change, okay? That means we don't have to carry that load of sin and guilt around anymore. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 tells us that if we're in Christ, if we'll give that stuff to Jesus and we'll become his follower, it says we're a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's a do-over. That's a, that's a legitimate do-over. We're a new creation. Finally, Psalm 147.3 says that God heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. 
man, when we turn our hearts and our lives over to Jesus, we become that new creation. God says he'll heal us. And here's something that sounds really good, to me at least. And he won't bring up our past mistakes anymore. Don't you ever wish that sometimes you didn't have to be reminded for like the next 20 years about something you did wrong? Well, Jesus says he won't do it. Because when we took communion, we talked about the, the, the blood of Jesus. Think of when, when we're under the blood, when, when, when he forgives our sins, he covers us with his blood. That's literally what scripture talks about. That's why he shed his blood, okay? When God looks at us, he doesn't see dirty old me. He sees clean me because all he sees is the blood of Jesus. He sees the price that was paid for my sins. I am sinless then in God's eyes. I am forgiven. And he never, so he never goes back. If those things don't exist anymore, why talk about them? Man, I like that. And I think you would too. So the first step to that changed life is to become a follower of Jesus, ask him to forgive and heal our past. And then the next thing we want to do is we want to allow God to conquer our present because we got stuff right now that we're facing. We have things, challenges that we need to deal with right now. And they can be a lot of different things. Look, some of the stuff we face is really big and hairy and complicated. Some of them are a little less, right? Some of them are a little simpler. But you know what they all got in common? They're all still problems. They're all still problems. And if it's a problem to you, it's a problem, right? No matter how someone else would, would classify it. Well, so then the real question for all of us is, because we all have problems, right? So it's not, do you have any problems? I already know the answer to that. We all do, okay? The question is, what are we going to do with our problems? In fact, I think I'll ask you, okay? What do people normally do when they have problems? What do you do? What do people normally do when they have problems? Hide them. There's a good one, okay? People hide them. What else they do? They worry about their problems. Yeah, what else? Cry, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, people do all kind of stuff, right? I mean, there, there's stuff we do when we're facing problems. I heard, I kind of like this. I, 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 I would tell you, I didn't make this up, and you may not even think it's that good, but I thought it was kind of good, so I'm going to share it, okay? It says, I read this little phrase, okay? It says, there's people who, you know, you walk up to somebody, you say, how you doing? And they say, okay, under the circumstances. You ever heard that? I'm okay under the circumstances. Well, okay, let's talk about that for just a second, okay? You know, first of all, what are you doing under the circumstances, right? I kind of, I like, I'm a literal guy, right? You're like, what what are you doing under the circumstances, you know? Because what I read was this one guy wrote, he says, circumstances are like a mattress, (laughs) okay? If you're underneath them, you're suffocating, But if you're on top of it, it's pretty comfortable. Life's pretty good, okay? And, and I mean, I, I just kind of thought, well, you know, that sort of makes sense, right? Because, you know, sometimes we can, we can feel like we're under the circumstances, and I guess I'd translate that as I got stuff happening to me that I don't think I have any control over. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't, know, I don't know what to do. I'm under these circumstances, okay? Well, you know what the good news is? Jesus can put you on top of your circumstances, right? Because the... I guess when we face these problems, 
I guess normally, you know, we, we worry about, you know, we try to handle them because somebody's told us along the way that that's the mature thing to do. That's what adults do. We, we solve our problems, right? We deal with our stuff. And yeah, I realize that, that, that that's, I understand the logic of that, okay? But the problem when all we do is just try to handle them ourselves is it normally leaves us tired and frustrated and suffocating. Because there's an awful lot of stuff that comes our way in life that God never meant us to have to deal with alone. Didn't mean for us to go through it alone. If he did, then Jesus wouldn't have bothered coming back. See, that's really the key here, right, is, is, is if, if God created the heavens and earth and kind of set it all in motion and then just sort of went back and said, well, I'll see how they do, well, then that would be up to you. I'm glad I serve a God that didn't just leave me alone, didn't set us up and leave us alone, but he sent Jesus back to give us that freedom and that power that comes from him. So God gives us this alternative, right, to stop going it alone and start trusting him with our problems. Stop trusting him because I hope you'll agree with me, but our God's big. I mean, he's really big. He's bigger than any problem we've got. He's got the resources. In Scripture, it says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That's kind of like saying the guy has got stuff. Whatever you need, he's got it, yeah. right? There's another place in the Old Testament where, where they said, who are you? He says, I am. I am. I am. I am. You know what that means? Whatever it is you need, God says, I'm that. You need hope? I am. Need love? I am. You got financial problems? I am. Okay, I mean, we serve a God who has all the resources, you know, and, and he wants to carry our loads if we'll just give them to him. Psalm 68, 19 says, praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior, who, dare, who daily bears our burdens. He wants to carry, he will take our burden. So unlike the guy you have coffee with and you tell him what all's going on, he says, well, got to get back to work. See ya. You share your tough load with Jesus, and he says, give it to me. Wow. Wow. That's a friend. That's a friend. Okay? So, you know, and, and this is practical stuff. I understand that we could all think, okay, well, you know, here at church on spiritual matters. I, no, I'm talking about the stuff of life also. <clears throat> I'm talking about the practical daily problems of life. You can give them to him. Man, you got a problem at work with a coworker or a boss? Give it to God. Why would you try and sort that out on your own? There's, there's, there's battles you can't fight. And any of us that have been, you know, I, I worked in the marketplace for 40 years, okay? I mean, I, I have not lived some isolated, uh, you know, life, okay? You, you can have bosses that are impossible, you can have customers that you don't know what to do with. You can have, I mean, there are times when if you've lived out there and had to deal with it, you know there are problems that you face that there is no logical solution to. You kind of want to get under your desk and hide. That's, or, or, or just quit or do something. But God says, give it to me. Give me the problem. Because if you've ever done it, you've seen God move and change things in ways that no human could. You've seen circumstances. The circumstances that couldn't change all of a sudden somehow changed. The relationship that couldn't be repaired, all of a sudden there's a phone call and somebody calls back. 
God can do things that you can't even imagine. Not only that he would do, you can't imagine how he, how he would do it. Not that he could, because a lot of us will go, oh, I understand God could do it. But then we want to limit God because we can't figure out how he would do it. Don't put God in a box with your own level of creativity. God's got solutions that you can't think about because he's bigger than you are. He's got thoughts that are beyond your ability to think. So don't try and figure out the problem. Give it to God and ask him to resolve it. Ask him to show you the way. Ask him to lead it. Ask him to take the lead. Man, whether it's marriage and kids, I mean, any of us that have been a child know the problems we caused. Any of us that have been parents got kids, and we know the, you know, there are times with our families, we don't know what to do. Give it to God. Don't get mad. Don't have an argument. Don't fight about it. Just turn them over to God. He'll handle it. Financial pressures, he'll handle it. Look, you know, if you've got problems that where you need wisdom, you don't know what to say, Isaiah 50, verse 4 promises you, he says, I'll give you a wise and instructed tongue. Commit the problem to God. Ask him to guide you and that only things that you say are words from him. He just says he'll do it. Man, I could have saved myself a lot of trouble in life if I'd have been doing that all my life. Because, you know, I've probably gotten myself more in trouble with what I've said you know, than just about anything. Okay, if your problem is financial, Deuteronomy 8.18 says God gives the ability to produce wealth. If you need peace in your life, Proverbs 16.7 says that when a man's ways are... Pl- this is one of my favorite verses. Okay, if you need peace in your life, Proverbs 16.7 says, when a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. Man, think about that. God can make even people who don't like you get along with you when you're living according to his ways. I could use that. (laughs) I can use that. So listen, today what we need to do is make a decision to trust God with every area of our life. Then, Ask him to conquer the areas that you deal with using his power. That way we can experience that changed life, right? We experience it by first asking Jesus to forgive and heal the past. Then we allow God to conquer our present, to deal with the present. And then finally, what we want to do is we want to invite the Holy Spirit to guide our future. Guide our future. Okay, best news is that God's resurrection power, the power that was great enough to raise Jesus from the dead, same power. It's available to change your life, right? The power that not only can forgive and heal your past and conquer your present, it can also guide you into the future. It can guide your steps. It can change your story. It can absolutely change your story. You know, they talk about, you know, if you watch TV or you read, you know, movies or things, they they talk about when they're creating them, there's a storyline. Right? There's a storyline. They kind of create like an outline almost, right? It's going to start with these people and whatever, and then there's always conflict or there's some problem that's got to be solved, and then, you know, the, the story ends with some kind of good ending, hopefully, you know, normally, okay? So there's kind of a storyline they create, and then right then they start building it out and, you know, adding characters and situations and color and depth and all that stuff, okay? There's a storyline. Okay, well, once, you know, you kind of go, well, well once that storyline has been created, what are you going to do? It's stuck, right? I mean, it's the storyline. And a lot of times people's lives, they think, well, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, uh, I'm a prisoner of my past. I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a function of how I was raised. Nothing can change. People can feel that way. You may know some people that feel that way. Good news with Jesus is no matter where you came from, no matter where you are, From this day forward, he can set you 
on a new path. Your future does not have to be a function of your past. Isn't that incredible? I mean, it just, just the sound of that. Isn't that, like, remarkable? It's almost unbelievable. It's almost too good to be true. Just what's really cool is it is true. But it is true. It really can be. He can set your life on a new path. Look, we, we, just, we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. Why would we do that? Well, Acts 1.8. By the way, I use a lot of scripture because what I want you guys to understand with all this is this is not my opinion. Self-help books are full of opinion. Okay? That's why they don't work. Because one size does not fit all. That's, that's the real problem. Okay? One size does not fit all. But the reason I use scripture is it's not my opinion. It's God's word. It's God's word. And, and also in God's word, it says that God's word is living and active. Which I've... Uh, we bake bread. Okay? Sourdough bread. And it's got, got yeast, you know, it's, it's got a starter. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, I, I'm learning all this watching. I'm not allowed near any of this, by the way. I'm, I'm allowed to observe it from a distance. Yeah, 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 that wee stuff. I thought I'd better correct that. I'm, I'm, I'm only allowed to watch from like across the room. And then once it's done and baked and sliced, I'm allowed to approach it with, with you know, prayer and caution. Okay, but... <laughs> But, but, but I watch this stuff, this, this dough that when it gets, and I'm not saying it right, but it's got the starter, it's got the yeast in it, and it's percolating kind of, you know, and, it, and, it, and it's put out on the, on the counter, and, and there's like a big bowl, and there's this little bit, and over time, it grows, mm-hmm. right? It grows, okay? And I'm, I'm amazed by that because it's, it, it changes, and it grows, and what I, what I find as, is so cool is that it, it's not the same. It's changed. Okay? It, it, it has this power in it that takes it from being this lump that I think if you were to bake it right there, it would turn into a brick. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? You know? But, but, once it, but, but the power that's within it, 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 it percolates and changes it, and it grows and it expands. And, and then all of a sudden, it, when you bake it, it's this wonderful thing. Well, look, some of us can feel like we're this lump of dough over here that's not been treated very well and still sitting. But, but when we let the Holy Spirit in us, it grows within us. It changes us. It, it actually, you know, what, what I love, it, it talks about us. There's verses that say that the Holy Spirit will remind us of God's word in John 14. Man, you know, you can know a lot of verses, but if you can't get them up to use them, Right, if, if, they, if they're hidden somewhere, then all of a sudden, because what's incredible, right, is that there are times in your life where if, if you've got God's word hidden in your heart, you're in a bad situation, you're in a tough spot, and all of a sudden, a verse comes to mind. Yeah. Now, whether you act on it, it's up to you, but the verse comes to mind, and you kind of go, oh, man, I just, like, really avoided him. You know, thank you, Lord. You help me keep my mouth shut. You know, or you helped me to say the right thing. You gave me a wise and instructed tongue. And, and, and the words I said, I, I said things to bring health and, and, he, and healing rather than throwing gas on the fire. Okay, that's the kind of stuff. But, but what it also does, it tells us that when we invite the, think of this, when we invite the Holy Spirit into our life to guide and direct us, it says that we will enjoy the fruit of the Spirit. 
Now, that's kind of like, you know, when I eat good vegetables, I, I'm healthier than if I eat Snickers, right? I mean, I'm going to, my life is going to, there's going to be fruit in my life that's a reflection of what I put into my, into myself, right? Okay? And, and so it says that when we allow the Holy Spirit to be active in our lives, we will, we will show, we will bear fruit in our lives. And it's called the fruit of the Spirit. And let me read to you Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. lists them out really good. And what it says is the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Who wouldn't want that? Who would say, not for me? I don't want to be patient. I don't want to be loving and joyful and peaceful. We all would want that. Those are wonderful things. We all would want those in our lives. And so the real question today for any of us is this. Is resurrection power, the power that could raise Jesus from the dead, is still available. It's here today, and it's available to you. It can absolutely change. Not only was the arc of history changed because the tomb, the tomb is empty and Jesus is alive, which meant that the whole story was true, right? Because Jesus, all the time he was on earth in, in his ministry, was telling people this is going to happen, and none of them could hardly believe it. But when he did it, it changed history. The disciples got on fire. The disciples actually believed then that he was the son of God. It changed who they were. It changed the storyline of their lives. And today, it's available to change the storyline of your life as well. So, Let's get ready to close. So would everybody stand with me today? I just invite you. This is just a minute for you to think and to, to respond as you see, uh, feel appropriate, okay? Everybody's going to stay in their chairs. I'm not going to ask anybody to, to move or anything like that. But I just want you to, uh, if you would, bow your head, close your eyes. No one needs to be looking around. I got, I got a few questions for you, Okay. Uh, first, just a real broad one. How many of you are ready to experience some kind of change in your life? You, there, you want a changed life, even if you don't know exactly what, in total or at least in some area. You want some change. No looking around. If that's you, if you'd say, I want to see some change in my life, raise your hand. Okay, there's some areas of change. Praise God. Amen. Hands down. Okay, the first step, if you've never done it, to experiencing that change in your life is to become a follower of Jesus. Because remember... We read it earlier, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone's in Christ, you're a new creature. Old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. It, it's, it, this is not turning over a new leaf. This is getting a new life. It's a fresh start. And so if you've never done that, if you've never said, I, I want to make that decision and I want to actually become a follower of Jesus today. I, I want to be new and I want a fresh start. If that's you, just slip your hand up. Don't miss the chance. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Okay, hands down. Thank you. Praise God. Let's just pray right now. Lord, I want to thank you for those that have raised their hands saying, I want to become a follower of Jesus, that I want to actually, I want a fresh start. So Lord, right now, you've seen the hands, you know the hearts. And so Lord, we just, we just give it all to you. You've told us we just give our past. Lord, we, we give it to you. We give the things we've done and said that were wrong. We give you, Lord, our lives. And we ask you now, Father, to come and, and fill us, live in our hearts, begin the process of making us more like you as we become followers of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, now, others of you, you may already be a follower of Jesus. You may have been a follower of Jesus for a long time, but there's still, sometimes there's areas of our life, man, we can have been a follower for 
30, 50 years, but there's still areas of our life that we're holding on to. There can be people that we need to forgive. There can be people that we need to like, you know, to, to like not hold and keep bringing up the past anymore to. There can also be things that we still need healing in our life. So if there's stuff in your life that you need to, to turn over to God, if there's areas of our life that forgiveness you need or people you need to forgive or healing you need, if that's your thing, just raise your hand that that's you. Amen. Amen. Lord, today, you've seen our hands. For Lord, for who needs healing, who needs refreshing, who needs your touch. And so, Lord, today, I just pray that you would touch each one, that you would heal them, that you would refresh them. And Lord, I pray if there are people they need to forgive, Lord, I pray that they would, today, Lord, you would just give them the opportunity to, to speak that forgiveness, to speak those words of hope and love. God, I pray that change, Lord, would take place today in hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, as we turn it over to you. Finally, uh, you may be in a pretty good place right now, but you're just finding it hard to walk out your faith every day, to live it every day. And uh, Man, there are decisions you need to make in the next weeks or the next months, and those decisions aren't clear. You just don't know what you're going to do. You don't know the paths uh, that you need to follow in your life because they're uncertain. And today, what I just want to invite you to do is just to enjoy, uh, to invite the Holy Spirit into every area of your life and to ask him to give you wisdom and guide your steps. And if that's you today, if you just want to say, yep, today's the day I want to invite the Holy Spirit to guide and direct the steps of my life, just raise your hand. That's you. Amen. Lord, today, you've seen the hands. God, we're just confessing it to you, but when we raise our hands, Lord, it's not, to, it's not, not a show for others, Lord. It's just, we're just, we're just, it's our way, Lord, of saying, yep, that's me. And, Lord, you've seen those hands that have gone up. And so now, Lord, I pray that for each hand that's gone up, Lord, each heart that is open to hear your voice, Holy Spirit, come and just fill them up. They've invited you in. So fill them up with your holy presence. And, Lord, I pray that you will refresh them and renew them, grant them wisdom, guide their steps. God, I pray that they will, uh, they will know, Lord, that they walk with you in new, fresh ways. Lord, I want to thank you for everything you've done in each life here today. God, I thank you that we can come before you today. Lord, that we can worship you, that we can, um, Lord, that we can come to understand your word more fully. But, Lord, I want to thank you most of all for Jesus. Thank you for Jesus' resurrection and the resurrection power that each of us have today. Lord, we thank you that we serve a risen Savior. So we leave here today, Father, full of joy and power and love. And we want to go forward today, Lord, in ways, Lord, and go serve you in this world. So, Lord, I pray that we would leave today here filled with joy in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.